Welcome to episode 443 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 443 of Iron Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James. Oh, how you going, mate? Pretty good. You liking my Christmas lilies? Liking your Christmas lilies. Joe wasn't happy with the $20 price point. One, two, three. You've got four stems for 20 bucks. Yeah. Grow your own. Yeah, but the thing is, we have the fake Christmas tree. And you need Christmas smell, don't you, John? You yeah. don't just need a bit of Michael Bublé playing in the background. No. You need Christmas smell. Which I notice is also lacking. What's lacking? We could have had a bit of background noise for the for Christmas Day show. Oh, wait a second. Christmas, wait, Christmas wait, show. Wait, don't, hey, nothing's lacking in this household, yeah. mate. We can make it work. Wait a second. This has got to be all legit. Live streaming. We're paying our commissions and everything on this, are we? Yep, of course. Of course. Yep, totally. We, we, yep, Michael Bublé, he loves us. He does. Yep, wait a second. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Here we go. Oh, yeah, it's a great sound. Let's go, man. Oh. John. Christmas came early for me this morning. Oh, back it up. Not <laughs> <laughs> at five o'clock, then. Okay. Lost a pair of sunglasses ages ago. Oh, don't you hate that? And what kind? Uh, good Smith Optics ones. Oh. My favourites. My good. Yeah. And the fa- changeable lenses? No, no, these are just casuals. Not casuals, yeah. And then, uh, just before I was coming around here this morning, I've lost them since Hawaii. Yeah. So I've been lost for a while. Going to my computer bag to get a USB stick to bring around here. Found my glasses. What were they doing in your computer bag? They've been obviously gone in there on the flight back. Oh, John, I just can't. I can't listen to you. I'm just getting this yeah. on a swing of things. On, on, yeah, a, on a slightly yeah, negative yeah, note. Oh, wait a second. It's Christmas time. I've got to take a swipe at your industry. Oh, God. There's plenty of swipes you could take there. Because you're encouraging you know, healthy lifestyles yeah. through, through the gym and what yeah. have you. And then you're dishing out all the sugar to your, to your customers. Oh. The last two gym sessions, Blinders brought home um, a little bag of lollies. John. And why don't you just give them a stick of celery and a carrot? So John. Merry Christmas. John, it's actually future-proofing our industry. Right. You know, like, if everyone, if everyone gets fit and healthy, what have we got to do? What's that, what's happening is it's the partners are getting fat and... Oh, so you're <laughs> eating it. Yeah. So, so Belinda comes home. So you should be thanking our industry. She gave me the lollies and then she came back later in the day to have one. She said, where are they? Oh, the kids, <laughs> those bloody kids. Bloody kids. <laughs> I blame the cat for everything. The yeah. question is, Jombo... How much did you get little packets, did you? That's yeah. Craig. Mm. Craig ruins it for everybody. Mm. Craig at the gym, he's an instructor. What do I do? Go to the warehouse, buy a pack of pretty much Macintoshes. Lolly scramble. One each. Oh, yeah. One, yeah. one Macintosh yeah. each, a limit to a person. Yeah. He does these packets. He, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a little bag, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, there's good five lollies in there. And he's got like Cadbury's, yeah. not bloody cheap no, old. Whitaker's. Whitaker's even. Yeah. Puts us all to shame. Mm. Uh, good old me. Thanks, Craig. Did you see, have you been on Facebook today? Look, no. at, look at what I was wearing last night, John. Wait a second, I'll pull it up here for you. Tell you, if you're, if you're a Facebook friend of mine, check out my Facebook page because I was looking hot, John. But look at this. Look at that. Don't get too excited. Oh, nice. Yes. Yep. You had a challenge right in that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so very good. So, you know, Christmas is here. But I said, let's put a Michael Bublé back on. Wait a second. Oh, it's gone back to a set of song. Let's just have it t- toned down a little bit. You want background. Just background noise? Background noise as we go through. All right, so we're going to have it go through the whole show. Oh, might as well. It's just like being in a supermarket, you know. You've got a little bit of background <laughs> <Supermarket>. news. <laughs> the background news. Have you been to the supermarket this week? Yeah. 
Yeah. You don't want to go to the supermarket this week, do you? You don't want to go on the 24th. Do you know what I did on the weekend, Jumbo? We haven't, we haven't started the show, but I did my Christmas shopping. Oh, good for you. And you think we would be the worst place to go in Christchurch on Saturday, John? Uh, the warehouse. Well, yes, true. And, and Rick at a Mall. Rick at a Mall. Yep. Rick at a Mall. Went to Rick at a Mall. Wasn't even that busy. Got really? a park. Got the perfect park. Yeah. Perfect park right outside that's, the door. That's hard, Rickerton. I know. It was like, babe, this is meant to be. And then we did our shopping in an hour and a half. Do you want to hear my Christmas shopping go present? Go on. We're in the spirit so, of things. Yesterday, yep. Blinda goes out to get my present, takes the kids with her. Yep. I'm, I like surprises. I don't want you to don't know want what to I'm know, doing. do you? I get very frustrated when I know. So Does she get excited about telling you, but? Uh, no, no. <laughs> she, but she will always try to find, find out what she's getting. Yep. Uh, this year she, does, she doesn't know? This year she doesn't know. And I intentionally didn't tell the kids what we're getting her, yep. so they couldn't tell her. Kids come home, just for a bit of joke, I said, what, what did mum get me for Christmas? <laughs> I told and you. they just told me straight away. <laughs> Great. Great. Thank you, kids. Uh, <laughs> Trained you well. <laughs> What'd you get you? A toy. It's kind of gimmicky. A toy? Yeah, like I'm um, hard to buy for. Yeah, yeah, well, me now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a flying helicopter. Oh, do you know what? That, I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so a good toy. A good present. I would have been quite, going, that's pretty cool to see on Christmas Day, but now it's just sitting there under the tree wrapped up going, it's going to be exciting. Mm. I don't know what Damn I'm Damn kids. Joe got me a present. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what she's got me. Get some more flowers. More lilies? Yeah. 20 bucks? Mm. Do you have lilies in your garden? I'm sure we can find somebody's garden. <laughs> Just bring them around and I'll give you 15. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, I'll put a drone, a little camera under That's my helicopter right, right. and we'll just go around the neighbourhood until we find some. <laughs> oh, I talk, this is the biggest intro we've ever done. I am talking proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. An extreme endurance. You're lactic buffer. And the reason we're doing a big intro is because there's not much happening today. Our no. first piece of news is, is basically trying to sell crap to you. Yes. And then really the other news is more of a wrap up. Oh yeah, that's going to be a good wrap up. Just pulled up everything there for this. Yeah, okay. We've got an age group of the week. Mm-hmm. Statistic week what week six is it? Must be about that. Week five or six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really delivering on this. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed. John's rant. Yes, just a small one. Not it's not too controversial. But is this the whole show? This is, like, we need to keep panning it, yeah, don't we? I need to just get something off my chest. Okay. Yeah. Probably you here because yeah. it's quite a bit. A lot here. of that. <laughs> and then we've got some questions and answers. So that gear I was wearing last night. People mm-hmm. go, "Do you shave?" <laughs> no. Yeah, there's, there's, oh yeah, you got six. I've gone some. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, it's you lose them off your head, don't yeah. you? Transferring. Yeah, it breaks my heart. So mm. I don't actually want my, my chest here to grow anymore. Anyway, Jumbo. Um, Just a reminder so we've got tri suits. Um, there's an order going in with SLS Tri. You order through them, and it's cutting off on 31st of December. So you've got. Whenever you listen to this, you've got a, just a few days to do that. So all your tri suits, they're going to go off and make them. They're not going to be. They might hold a, a few in stock, but if you want one for the end of the southern season or the start of the northern hemisphere season, get on it. Look stylish and uh, support the show while you're out racing. And lots of people say that when they're out, they're doing it. They do get a lot of extra support. We're going to call it the I am talk bump. When right. you're out there, you get the iron talk energy. Good. Yes, you get the iron talk bump, which means you're out there and you're feeling a bit crap and someone goes, iron talk! Mm. You're like, yes! And, and if you do have any pictures of you guys racing uh, in your iron talk tri gear or if you're out riding in your bike jerseys, flick them through. We have got a little section on the site that we want to you know, keep updated. Just fire them through and then you can get your picture in our gallery on iamtalk.me. Here we go. Um, we haven't really got any news this week. Because oh, and the other thing was, but, oh, um, yes, I posted on Facebook, we have just got a few leftover I Am Talk jerseys, oh, um, a few blue ones, a few pink ones, a couple of pairs of shorts. Just go to our Facebook page and you'll see what's left. There's probably only about six or seven, but they're just leftovers from our last uh, order. What you could say to your partner is, get me a post-Christmas present. 
Yes. Yes. Nice. Yes. Okay, some uh, highlights from the long distance season, John. What do you want to talk about? Well, so I thought it would be nice. Yeah, often we Bevan and I get quizzed, and we often pull out the wrong calls on who's won what each year. And you, you, you know, if I was to say to you, Bevan, you know, without ask me about asking about the who, top who, who won, uh, who won Melbourne. Without looking at the show notes. Oh, it's probably, uh, was it Duke Boggle? Oh, yes. yeah, so yeah. I thought now would be Mary a good Beth. time no, to... No, it wasn't Mary Beth, it was um, Caroline. Yes. About five go. minutes over Mary yeah, Beth. Yeah. Just, just from the top just of my mind. Just off the top of your head. Yeah. But often we can't even bloody remember who was the 70.3 world champion. And we so get a bit hard time about this sometimes. So I thought now would be a good time to just do a little wrap-up of the year and who won the major races. And in terms of the major races, what I had on my list, and I may have missed something, but I thought you got Abu Dhabi, Melbourne, wrote. Frankfurt, 70.3 world champs, Kona and Bahrain. And Did you do much research on this? Um, well, I just kind of, no, not really. I just, well, I'm, just kind just of saying, thought, I'm pretty impressed with your work here. I thought it through. You know, the, yeah. I thought, where have we had the biggest, strongest fields? You know, there have been a couple of other big money races. You know, you had uh, Metaman, which did a great job. Um, and you also have Embraman, which has got good money. And you have, you know, a few other races that, um, Got good money, but these are the places that seem to draw the strongest. What's your favourite Christmas carol? Uh, Snoopy's Christmas. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it always delivers. It's classic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, we, so we, first race of the year we're going to talk about is Abu Dhabi. We did, yes, and this was the final Abu Dhabi triathlon um, in terms of the international triathlon that has been there for about I don't know five years. I'm not sure. Yeah, five or six years. Maybe I should have researched that one. Well, you do that. Do that. <laughs> uh, so this year it's going to be or cha- well, 2015. Uh, there is going to be a ITU race there around about the same time. So that's going to kick off the ITU season and. And we saw a little, maybe maybe you could almost see that coming when they've had the Brownleys there the last couple of years. But this year, Tyler Butterfield backed up his Kona result from the year before and took it out by 46 seconds from Bastida and, and Sylvain Sudry. The money did go down a bit this year, but he still had a top quality field when you got Freddie Van Laird coming in fourth and Bart Jammer fifth and Nico Lanos sixth. But... In terms of the depth of that field, it wasn't quite there like we have seen in other seasons. So still really good money on offer. But in 10th place, you did have Melissa Holscheidt. So, you know, you know she's a bloody machine athlete, but when she's finishing 10th overall, uh, the, the depth of the guy's field is probably not amazing. Well, where did Rennie finish in Kona? Oh, we'll get to that when, okay. we, when we get there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Melissa Holscheidt took out the girls' race and what ended up being a very close race with Yvonne Van Vlerk, and they were going head-to-head and spanking it down, doing all the sorts of surges. Uh, so Yvonne, uh, Melissa Holscheidt ended up finishing... 23 seconds in front of uh, Yvonne Van Vlerken with Michelle Vestibu in a distant third place six minutes back and Jody Swallow ended up having a pretty stellar season was then back you know a good uh, another 14 minutes so yeah Jody Swallow was certainly one of the girls who you know raced the full season and was pretty much in the top five all the way through so good on Jody Swallow Saw an interesting thing. She's a, she's an interesting girl. Saw an interesting um, interview with her. You interviewed her, didn't you? We did, yeah. Well, you did. Oh, I wasn't there. And but I also <coughs> saw an interview she did with the the girls kind of website Wit, Wits Up, yep. and uh, really just really opening up about her battles with um, her eating issues. And she said oh, she's really? going to write a book, and she's in a a, a violent relationship. And, oh really? Uh, she's been uh, she's been through the ringer. And, she, and she's been an institutionalised triathlete in terms of she was started at a very, very young age. So she's been you know, a full-time athlete since about the age of 
13 and I'm not sure how old she is now maybe she's about you know 30ish so or early 30s so she's been around the game for a long time and but really got it right this year well from what I can tell based on some interesting Google searching <coughs> it may have been 2010 when it started yeah I was gonna say for about four or five years yeah because like if I search 2010 results I get results if I search 2009 there's no obvious results page that comes up so I so. think it, yeah a five year that's where I think I saw somewhere else five year it was a five year gig okay so yeah it was did it did it to make a massive difference to our try seeing that I mean initially they offered massive money and you got a big surge early on but after that I don't know it just became another race really and well, there, wasn't, there wasn't huge coverage of it no there wasn't huge coverage but it did it, it, some key things um I've forgotten his name who's the guy who won last year Kona Van Leert yeah Van Leert it was a breakthrough it. race for him mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. when he won it it was, it was he was like a good guy and then you know, him winning that race was like wow this guy's actually just made that mm-hmm. next step to the next level um yeah. I think the difference, if, you know, if you compare, say, Bahrain and this race, there's so much more coverage around Bahrain because it was part of a series and they've got a bigger marketing machine behind it. Yeah. But because it was a standalone a race, yeah. they didn't seem to get that quite right. So it kind of shows that just adding a lot of prize money to a race doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be successful. Unless it's just, if, if, if you've got a million, well, they've got a million in Bahrain, we'll see what, what if, how much of a difference that makes in 12 months' time. Yeah, but they had a big machine behind Bahrain, mm. as you were mm. saying. So it's like, Abu Dhabi put a lot of money on the line outside of our, you know, it was definitely a race we kind of put a little bit more attention into, but it wasn't. Imagine if someone came along. Go on, here we go. I'm imagining. We'll say two, two million bucks yep. and put it on the same month as Kona. What about if they went, no, two million? Mm. So you said, you know, you have to, you'd have to, you know, have at least double the money for first place and then pay really, really deep. So at what price point, it'd probably be a better question to go, is what price point would people, no pros, turn up to Kona? Mm. So like, you know, if you went 10 million, no one's mm. turning up to Kona. Mm. No one's turning yeah, up yeah. to Kona. Yeah. <laughs> and they paid like 50 deep. No one's turning yeah. up to Kona. Um, what price point is it? I don't think 2 million is enough. No, I, I, I tend to agree. You know, because because Kona, like I remember Melina, who was it, Greg Bennett, you know, Melina was saying how Greg Bennett never really got the importance of winning Kona in the long-term legacy mm. of the sport. And, um, you know, like if we think about that, it's like the year no one turned up to Kona and Scott Tinley won it. Yeah. You know, because they did it twice a year, didn't they? I think they they, they changed dates from, yeah. yeah. And um, and Scott Tinley turned up and he kind of won it because he was the only guy there really. Mm. Um now, I reckon that would happen again, unless you knew that it would be a sustainable series that could continually compete with. But mm. the, probably the better question is, what price point do you think, th- What you know, two million is not enough? Is no. three? Yeah. Where we're saying all the good guys don't turn up to Kona. Mm. How many, how much? I think, yeah, you'd certainly be getting in that, you'd almost need a million bucks for first place, I reckon. Mm. So in that case, if you're saying million for girls, million for guys... Then uh, so probably about four mil, don't you? Yeah, you know, because if you win Kona, you, I mean the prize money is one thing, but you're going to make yeah. a lot, and you've got a, a name forever. Then haven't you? Yeah, you know your name's and rightly so. Rightly. Yeah, well, far out, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, side topic. There's going to be a few of those today. No, I tell you, <laughs> it's going to be a show of the year. I know Melbourne was the next big race that we had on the calendar, and and it was a really good race this year, wasn't it? It was incredible. And and in terms of last week, we were discussing around you know would you pay for coverage and stuff. 
granted the coverage wasn't great here, but I would have happily paid some extra money if I was watching this, uh, if you had the option, you know, you were getting a crappy free version and then you could have upgraded for a few bucks for, for, for a better quality uh, with more cameras or something on the paid version. It was just, the, the, the lead changes were phenomenal and mm. they had this, you know, they had the overhead helicopter shot and you can see the same you know, three guys or so within a couple of hundred metres yeah. in the closing stages of the run. It was absolutely well, sensational. Which you just don't see an Iron Man, do you? No. You really don't. So Dirk Bockel took it out and fantastic effort by him. But you know, he went eight oh one oh two and we go down and we say Craig Alexander's all washed up, but he's only four minutes behind and he's in fifth place. So four minutes forty behind in fifth place. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. The, the battle for second, Paul Ambrose and uh, no uh, Paul Matthews and David Dallow, those guys were just yeah, you know, just swapping the lead. They were doing and David Dallow was just about passing out and Paul Matthews was standing there stretching his his hamstrings out and then Michael Weiss was coming through from um, from behind and Craig Alexander won it ran to two forty three and then you had Marino there in sixth place and he was only seven minutes off the pace as well so uh, bloody good racing and good strong field and good to see and that was when we had Peter Robertson down in 10th place as well so you have to say Duke Bockel poor bugger must have been frustrated eh? you know mm. outside of Kona he's had probably some of the best races in the last two few years mm. you know, had that amazing road and then had the amazing Melbourne you know, and unfortunately, just kind of hasn't really worked out. Last year was a hand. This year is sick. You know, like it's just, mm. you know, kind of. But he's had some good results in Kona. I think he's had a. Yeah, but fifth, do, do, you know, could have won it. Yeah, you know, he needed a bit of luck. He doesn't quite have that star quality and doesn't have like an absolute killer bike or killer run. He's got a really so he's one of those guys like a Freddie Van Laird. You'd say he doesn't. He's hasn't got that star factor to him. But if he gets everything right and somebody yeah. else doesn't bring Certain out some cards, sensational yeah. thing like Sebastian Keenley this year, then he's got a chance of winning. So I'd put Dirk Bockel in a similar, similar sort of yeah. boat to him. Need a little bit of luck. Uh, so, yeah, it was a great race on the guys' side of things. And Caroline Steffen. Yeah, and Caroline Steffen, you know, she's... God, you see her Kona results, and she's been so close so many times, and you yeah. go, outside of Kona, she's done some great things, and she's had some great races, and great races against good fields. You mm. know, she's not one of those girls who kind of goes to races which don't necessarily, you, you know, she turns up to the hard races, isn't she? Yeah. And um, you just wonder if she's got it for Kona, though. She, it seems like her bike leg has used to be an absolute weapon. You go, right, Caroline Stephens coming through and she's going to start crushing it. But she doesn't quite seem to have that. Now, her run has improved. You know, she ran 304 in Melbourne, which was a great run, and ended up winning from Mary Beth Ellis, and she went 857-57. Five-minute victory over her with Kim Schwalbenbauer uh, in third place. Um, good race by Mary Beth. But, yeah, Caroline Stephen, she's got some quite a few seconds in Kona. I think she's got a third. This year she was, um, I can't remember where she finished. Sure, a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, she's, yeah, just wonder if she's going to. Now is it more just the mind, you know, with Carolina? You know, like now is it more just that there's this mental hurdle? Um, I would I would think so. Yeah. A bit like Andreas Raylert, you know. He yeah. You put him in, a, him in a similar boat. He's probably a couple of years down the track from Caroline. But he kind of, I got the feeling this, this year for Caroline it was this year or I don't know if it's going to happen, but great girl. Hope she does well. Yeah, far right, yeah. Got um, listed as racing for Australia there, but it's not quite right. It's got her listed Caroline Stephan from Australia. Oh, maybe because she lives in now. Yeah, maybe. But, but she's still uh, Swiss. Um, yeah, well, her bike is a Swiss flag. Yeah. Oh, back it up. Um, Rote, we had the 30th anniversary of Rote, which is pretty significant. Yeah, and they, they attracted, on the girls' side of things, attracted a, a fantastic field. Uh, likewise on the guys, but some of the guys didn't fire. So Timo Brack took it out. 
in 8.56 and ended up being a pretty comfortable victory over Nils Fromhold who was leading earlier on and then a fairly distant third Nico Lanos was another nine minutes back so we had a you know fantastic close racing in Melbourne and then we go to Rote um, which is yeah, without doubt one of the biggest races in the world you know you had guys like Luke McKenzie and stuff there as well Dirk Bockel was down there and only managed uh, sixth place James Kanana who was coming off a great race and Kona was only in fifth where did he get um, two did he? Uh, he got fourth or fourth or fifth yep. I think fourth so Timo Bracht, um good on him for the Germans, man, I don't think we can emphasise enough how big these races are for the Germans. You know, Rote and Frankfurt, um, a, a massive races in Germany, and uh, and, a, and it is a big deal for those dudes to be winning it. Then uh, Rennie also showed that she can bloody run anywhere. She ran a two fifty three in Rote. Yeah, sensational. She had a bit of work to do to run down Rachel Joyce, and I don't put Joyce in the same category as um, as Caroline Stephen, but man. What else has she got to do to bloody win? She, you know, she yeah. spanked it this year in Kona on the bike. Yeah. She didn't quite have that run and just got, you know, it's the old uh, sort of Lance Armstrong, Tiger Woods scenario. Any other era, she probably might even have a couple, you know, she have quite a few titles to her name, but she's just getting, she's going to the big races and just getting pipped by bloody Rennie. Uh, so, but, like, so like, we look at Caroline, I kind of wonder if it's the heat game of Rachel, it's more, is it just the opportunity once the switch goes, you know, there's just that, well, she, she just that last two percent, isn't it? Well, I think the difference is Joycey looks like she's she's continually improving. Yeah. Um, whereas it seems like Caroline, she's maybe stagnated Stagnant, yeah. a little bit. But Joycey, you know, she's picking up her game. She bloody went for it this year in Coney. You got to take your head off to her. Yeah. She didn't have a great great run, but man, she put the hammer down and she did the same in Bahrain. Just went for it. And I did notice the other day that she's um, she was being coached by Dave Scott for a couple of years. Uh, she was previously with I think um, Matt Dixon, but uh, she's not working with Dave anymore. And just saying it was great relationship but she's just going to try a few different things and just cruising by herself at the moment by the look of it wow so Joycey good check too 20, 2015 <coughs> your year yeah you can take it okay then we also had Ironman Frankfurt yes and maybe and, and this is the first time that your, your theory has actually been proven wrong yes the, uh, John Newsom don't go hard in kind of July yeah theory it was, it was interesting because Sebastian Keenlay just blitzed it and Freddie Van Leer, who's a defending Kona champion, had a great race in, in Frankfurt, but Keenlay was just too bloody good. He was just better, wasn't he? he uh, so he swam 49. He was about four minutes off the pace and swam. Then he rode 4.12. Freddie Van Leer <laughs> is a great cyclist, and he put nine minutes into him on the bike. Wow. But that's not where it stops. Then he ran a 2.49. Yeah. That, that's just amazing, isn't it? Great that's just day. awesome, isn't it? 7.55.14. And as we yeah, as we've said in the past, you know, there's very few people that can back it up from Frankfurt and then go off and and uh, and win Kona. And he basically more or less replicated that day in Kona. Yeah. So Freddie Van Leer, you know, we finished that race over there in Frankfurt. I remember him saying, oh, "I had a really really good race." Yeah. <laughs> and, Just got uh, beaten by big guy by five minutes. Got beaten by uh, Sebastian Kinley. And but, I think also the other thing we saw in Frankfurt was Jan Fredino, um, you know, showing up for the first time and bumbling his way through the race. <laughs> the, the story of the day was his run was absolutely atrocious, walking all over the place, and came in at two forty three. Mm. So it, so it's a pedigree, doesn't it? Yeah. And then on biker, he had. He had at least one puncture. Yeah, it was just a disaster of a day. But and he still came in. What was his final time? Eight oh seven, and so he's still beating guys like uh, Ronnie Schilnick by five minutes, and he's only, only seven minutes behind the the world champion Freddie Van Leer. So for him to run six minutes out of those dudes, apparently he was just yeah ambling through the run, was pretty impressive. 
Yeah. Girl side of things. Girl side of things. Karine Abraham. Yeah, Karine Abraham. And, you know, for, for so long I've been going, where is that Melbourne form that she had from a few years ago where she just absolutely toweled everybody? I was like, where is it? And, uh, you know, we talked to her, I talked to her in Kona. We both did, I think, at the, that was a good good little feed. Ate too much that day. Yeah, that was, what, was that what was the sponsorship? It was it was at BM uh, the you place BMC. You place, that's right. And uh, I didn't eat too much. I had a bit more control than you, but I wasn't racing this time of the year. Maybe I that's s- where you're stuffed up. I know. Well, this yeah. time of the year, I suck. I mean, I've got no <laughs> control control over food and alcohol, and this is why <laughs> most of the time during the year I'm sweet because you know I, I, I shop to a shopping list. Yeah, it's amazing how this time of year just the switch it. goes off. Eh? And then if you put a plate of food in front of me. I can't resist. Just <laughs> what I'm going to do is, uh, what's that movie? Um, is it what's uh, Stand by Me? Remember the movie Stand by Me? Yeah. And they have the eating competition. They have that spewing. Oh yeah, gold. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Corinne Abraham. Uh, is it Corinne or Corinne? Bloody hell! I should know this. We, we met her. Anyway, she she um, smoked it. Did eight fifty two. Beat a top quality field with Elizabeth Lyles and Gina Crawford uh, in second and third place. Yeah. And then we go on to the 70.3 World Championships and uh, short course guys showed the way of Gomez really just showing how much of an amazing athlete he is. Oh yeah, so he ran 109 and finished in 3.41 and he was 40, about 40 seconds ahead of Jan Fredino who you know, at every other race of the year in terms of 70.3s he's just crushing it. I remember at Auckland 70.3, top, top quality field. You had like Bevan there, you had Terenzo, Craig Alexander, people like that. And you're running along, and you're like, "This is dude just ridiculously off the front." And I'm like, "How is that possible?" Really? And he just killed them there. So Javier Gomez, and this was coming off the back of um, about four weeks of racing, and yeah. then I think he carried on for another couple of weeks afterwards. So he just had a, a crushing season, and yeah, finished off in style. And then we had you know short course Tim Don, who's who's making the step up now in third place. Lionel Sanders, who's been one of the form. Athletes on the seventy point three and fourth, and the first of the you know the technically the Ironman athletes was Nils Fromhold, who had a great season in fifth place. And the girls, the girls side of things was uh, yeah a sign of things to come for Kona when we had uh, a lot of the girls. Hold on a second, it's just coming up now. We had uh, Danielle Reef yep. just spanked them on the bike. She ran, rode three minutes into Jody Swallow, and Jody Swallow normally just goes out there and crushes it. And they were well in front of the rest. It must break your heart when you're like, <clears throat> you know, when your your strength is the bike, and normally you're going along racing, and you, you know, and then someone puts that much into you. you yeah. know, I'm the guy who goes out there and smacks her on the bike. Or the girl. Well, yeah, I'm just <laughs> putting myself in the situation. You know, but like Van Leard and in, in yeah. Frankfurt, you know, I'm the guy who goes and everyone's worried about my bike. And then there's a guy up the road seven minutes faster than me. Mm. Or, or I'm the girl in a 70.3 who you know, everyone's going to be looking out for me. Three minutes up the road. Yeah. So she just crushed it. Uh, Jodie Swallow had a great race for second place. They both ran about the same time. But uh, yeah, Daniela Reef won by two minutes with Heather Wirtle somewhat of a surprise in, in third place. And Meredith Kessler and Mary Beth Alice rounding out the top five. So really on the guys and the girls side of things, um, top notch field at the 70.3 Worlds. And yeah, it was good to see that you know, had a moderately challenging course here in Mont Tremblant and broke things up a bit. So Well, interesting next year what will happen, eh? You know, as it's in a different location. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that influences. Probably more the age group race and the pros, but mm. still will be interesting. When is it next year at the same time? 
Yeah, it's always about the same time. Okay. Um, Kona, we've got King Keenley and Queen Rennie. I like what you did there. Yes. Yeah, very good. It was two crushing races. Oh, Rennie's race was... Dominations. was so impressive. Yeah, so especially Keenley, there was never... There wasn't really any doubt once he came off the bike. Um, he, he, I mean, he, he's always losing a bit in the swim. Got a bit of a sniffle. Damn chlorine and flowers. <laughs> You're screwed. He uh, so he lost about four minutes to the to the big kahunas in the swim. You know, Jan Fredino was coming out in fifty fifty six, and Andy Potts was sort of in a in a similar fifty. They both bang on the same time. Actually, I remember that watching that on the footage. They were sort of going shoulder to shoulder through the last part of the swim, like just about beating the crap out of each other. Do they have a swim prim? Yeah, 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 yeah. They do. So uh, I think Andy Potts sprinted through to get it because that's yeah pride for him. Yeah. Anyway, so. Especially in Keenlade's losing about four minutes to them on the, the swim. But then yeah, four twenty, next place was Ben Hoffman was second place, four thirty two. Off the bike. So twelve minutes. I yeah. can't see anybody else. Cyril Vino went four thirty one, so it's eleven minutes. What did he end up running? Uh Sebastian Keenlade ran two fifty four. Wow. Still won by five minutes. Yeah. Impressive. Well he's the kind of guy who you go, Well, he's he potentially could walk away with quite a few of these under his belt. You yeah. know, you know, like he could be a guy who could work away of three, just you know, anywhere above three wins in Kona in his time. Because how old is he? Do we know how old he is? Um, I don't know how old he is. I, I, don't, I don't think he's that. particularly. Uh, don't think he's particularly old. I'll, I'll look it 30. up. Thirty. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So you know, like in our sport, where you know, the older is better. You know, he's he's got probably another good six years of quality racing in front of him. Mm. You know, far out. He could be one of those guys who walks away with you know. More than three wins, and yeah. that, that is really impressive. advantageous to him this year. The fact that you know there was a bit more wind out there, uh, yep. so that certainly helped him on the bike. Yeah, if he just keeps doing that, it's a bit like Rennie with her run. You know, she, I, I can't see anybody ever beating Rennie if she keeps pulling out two fifty threes. Yeah, well, that was. I just, mean, she was, like I, like I, I was out in the course with my Australian crew. I can't remember their names. But I was with these core Australian crew, and. Um, and I think, so where was the King K turnaround on the way back? Where was the, was Lava Java on the way back? How much further you got to go? Uh, well, that, when you when you get to the, the Palani, you've done about 10 miles. So you've got about uh, 16, you're, you're, not, you're not halfway, you're all, almost So halfway. she wasn't far off halfway, she's still about 10 minutes off. And I'm like, I'm going to the Aussies, nah, it's not her day, mate. You know, <laughs> you, you know, you know, and then just impressive, eh? She yeah. is just Impressive. So, but just on, before we go to the girls on the guys' side, uh, Ben Hoffman, you know, outstanding breakthrough for, yeah, for second place. And you always get that one guy who gets in the top, sort of in the top five, anywhere from two, two through five. You go, where the hell did that come from? Yeah, and he was it, wasn't he? He was it this year. You know, most people picked Jan Fredino to be um, up up there if he had a, had a good day at the office, and he ran a two forty seven. So I still think there's there's plenty more to come from that dude. You know, he did have a puncture on the bike. I don't think that cost. I mean, when we saw the change, I don't think that cost him that much. But you know, it doesn't. It's not going to take too much more for him to go out there and crush that race. He just needs to be there or thereabouts off the bike, and and he can run through. So. Um, and then Andy Potts had a great race in fourth, and Silverno would have been, yeah, not not on many people's radar for fifth place. So, good racing, but very surprising. You know, a lot of the top tens you you, you would not have picked. Freddie Van Leer finished in eighth, and, and he was happy with his race. He, he was, but yeah. he, he fell fell to pieces in the, the last stage of the run. So I I know when I was watching the Kona coverage uh, not that long ago on a on a trainer session, you know, he was sitting in second place uh, in the in the energy lab, and then uh, you know had all sorts of issues coming out. Of there so it was you know it's pretty tight racing between second and eighth is only five minutes 
Yeah. So it was it was pretty tight racing this year, but a lot of guys did not fire. A lot of surprising names in there. You know, really surprised to see how the bike broke up, um, and we saw uh, you know what we expect to be the last performance by Craig Alexander there, and he was down in thirteenth place, only ran a two fifty eight, so not up to his usual standard. But as I said, you know, back in earlier in the year in March, you know, he ran a two forty something in um, in Melbourne, so he's not quite all washed up yet, Craig Alexander, but he certainly looks like he's going to start hitting the 70.3 circuit a bit more. He's coming to New Zealand to race uh, oh, Ta- Tauranga. Oh, Tauranga, uh, is he? Yeah, which is a bit of an interesting one. Does so, he make any money in Tauranga? Um, I'm sure there will be for him. They'll probably pay him an appearance fee, and there, there is a little bit, but yeah, it's nothing nothing crazy <coughs> or anything like that. Well, and, and, and this time it seems he's definitely no longer going back to Kona. Mm. You know, he was given a bit of a hard time for that. You're Do asking you sort of about um, uh, Marie oh. McCaffrey. She finished in 33rd place overall. Oh, okay. There we go. Um, Girl side things. So it was all. It wasn't all about Marie McCaffrey. If she hadn't had a stellar run, we would have been singing a different tune, and it would have been a bloody yeah fascinating oh, race. Uh, Reefs first day at Kona. Yeah, and you know, for a bit there, it was hers, and she was running ugly, man. And on that run. I mean, she, she, she ran a 307. Uh, I think she went out a lot quicker than that in the first half. She, she did not look like she was running at 307 pace. She looked like she was suffering like a dog yeah. in the second half of that run. Yeah. And she battled through, ended up losing by, not losing, but uh, losing first place by two minutes. Uh, so 902 to, to Rennie's nine hours. And poor Joycey, you know, she was looking good coming off the bike, but only ran a 306. And we know she can run faster than that. And so she was two minutes further back in third place and Jody Swallow who's still steaming about her drafting penalty on the bike uh, was fourth and Caroline Stephan in fifth so Caroline Stephan didn't have a terrible day at the office but uh, you know when you're place, aiming for the win when you're aiming for the win yeah. you take fifth but not she wasn't over, overjoyed about that so I think you know the thing for me Joycey came close Danielle Reef came close they, they did what you, we all said they had to do they had to go out there push the pace on the bike build up a lead of 15 minutes or so and then run well and they didn't quite run so well enough. Close, yeah. Especially when this year the run conditions were were very good, which is, you know, you see Rennie's 250, um, they were potentially as good as it gets in Kona. It was, it was, oh, it's always hot, but even though I was going at a bloody snail's pace, I was looking around going, yeah, it's not as hot as it's been, and you know, running back into town or walking back into town. <laughs> it's <pure laughs> I, way. I was taking my, I took my glasses off because it was so much cloud cover. I actually didn't have my, my sunglasses on, yeah. and that was uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't quite sunbound, but it was getting close. Uh, <laughs> but two fifty is just ridiculous. Yeah, two fifty twenty six by Marina Carfrey for nine hours and fifty five. Would have been a lot quicker if the bike conditions had been, uh, you know, more favourable as they had been in previous years. But that is just a staggering run. Okay, and the last big race of the year was Challenge Bahrain, new race to the to the calendar, and uh, you know they came in, did a pretty good, bloody good job in the first year. Lots of prize money, good organised event, uh, pretty good coverage first time up, and uh, you know definitely a, a race to keep you on for the future. Yeah, it was just staggering to see how it broke up on the bike. You know, I, we I was picking it, most part other people were. It's just going to be a 
draft fest on the bike, or not necessarily draft fest, at least they're going to stay together. It's and it's going to gonna, yeah. gonna come, come to a running race, but it certainly didn't end up that way. You had Andreas Dreitz spanking it off the front and on the bike, and then Michael Raylert coming through with a, with a killer run, and it ended up being all really quite spread out. So there was some interesting racing, but uh, certainly didn't pick, and, and the results... Apart from Andreas Streitz, you kind of would have gone, that makes sense. You know, Tim Reid in third place, Tim Don fourth, and Nicole Arnos in fifth. You know, you would have gone, yep, that's sort of relatively pretty much to form. But just the, the time gaps you had, you, you certainly didn't expect. So the guys' race was somewhat uh, to, to form. And then the girls' race, so was, uh, that was, again... You know, the girls were producing some really interesting racing this year and you had uh, Hallie, Hallie Fredrickson take it out on the run and again Joycey was laying down the smack on the bike, couldn't couldn't ditch the girls and um, you had Jodie Swallow yeah, right up there as well. So yep. good way to round, round out the season and yeah we all sit here with some anticipation to see if doubling the prize money is going to pull the likes of say Gomez out there and yeah I think it's just going to be fascinating. I think well, in terms of results-wise, we're just going to see the the new breed of seventy point three athletes that specialise at that distance and uh, really starting to crush it. So, Gomez can can easily step up from Olympic, but I think you're going to see more Olympic distance guys that can't quite crack it, who are maybe a little bit stronger on the bike and good strong runners, but not the sort of sub thirty guys coming across and, and really starting to dominate that seventy point three circuit. And I think the Ironman guys who are Ironman specialists, say you know, like Dirk, Dirk Bockel and people yeah. like that, are going to start to struggle to have the, um, the which speed makes to keep an interesting up. dynamic for the sport, isn't it? Because traditionally we go well, most most of these top guys who are going to go to Kona and race are good for two Ironman a year, really. Mm. You know, you might get someone like Cam Brown who would do three, but a lot of them really would just take it two races a year <clears throat> and then kind of make their money off 70.3s. Now, if the fields are getting stronger, now, I suppose when we think about it, there are a lot of 70.3s mm. on the calendar, so you can spread it around. But when, if the fields are getting stronger with guys who are more just specialising on 70.3s, it does make it harder for those Ironman athletes to actually mm. make a living, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah, yeah. so it's going to be interesting to see you know, this this time next year, what's going to be happening with the sport moving forward. These are the same races next year that we're going to see that are the real key races other than Abu Dhabi, obviously. But, you know, Melbourne, Rote, Frankfurt, 7.3 Kona and Bahrain are still going to be the key mm. events on the year, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they are doing a couple of other championship races. You've got the South, I mean, South Africa is going to become the African championships and then you're going to have a South American or Pan American, whatever they're calling it, um, Brazil, championships, it? which I think, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. in, in Brazil. So, and, and then they're going to have a North American championships. But timing wise, um, yeah, the North American championships might draw a, a strongish field, but Melbourne draws a strong field because it's nice and early in the season. As soon as you start getting into May, June, July, then things are going to start to yeah, get a little bit watered down, probably with the exception of Rote and Frankfurt. Okay, uh, just have a piece of news. Uh, there's going to be more marriages on the course, John. So we've got the marriage that happened in Western Australia in Bustleton a few weeks ago. Another couple are going to be getting married in Wanaka. I know. So I think, uh, is it Mark Smoothie? Maybe I've got that right name That's right. It's a good name. He's, uh, it, the reason I know him, because he was on the Wanaka coverage that I think, the, the, they had these amazing commentators in Wanaka oh, um, last year that did the TV coverage. They really were just oh, phenomenal. Sensational. Yeah. And he was on that, and I think he's done every challenge Wanaka. He's in, like, in love with the event, and he's getting married on Wanaka. So it has happened before. They're doing it down there, but they are literally stopping during the course getting married. 
It must be kind of odd. I'm looking at the website that they've got for the ones that got married in Buswilton. So their names, we have got their names here. Let me have a look here. Uh, Jennifer Burrows and, um, no, I can't. Kingsley and, oh, I can't say that name. Might have to get April to help me on this one. <laughs> Atarenti. Mm, something like that. <laughs> but um, they got married, of course. But it did seem like, like if you look at the photos, it's a pretty rushed experience. You, know, yeah. you come in. Say your vows, you give a kiss, and she's running off, pumping her arms in the air, and see you later. <laughs> see you tonight for some loving. Yeah. So I'm not sure. It's not my cup of tea. No, I can't say I get married that way, but each to your own. Exactly. Is it a bad thing for the sport? No, I uh, think so. I mean, again, things like stories like this. This is the sort of stuff that gets it's PR, main, isn't it? mainstream media coverage. I mean, it was flipping. Was it page two of the press, our local, you know, our South Island newspaper? Was right. Hey, it was, I work for the press. Yeah, I never not, get asked at the Christmas actually. party. Never. Not one once. John. One other item of news that's going to happen in Kona this year: Lou Hollander, who we interviewed several oh, yeah. years yep. ago, the older guy. He's going to be opening up the eighty-five to eighty-nine age group in Kona this year. Was the first guy to finish. Yeah. No, no, he's going to be the first guy to 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 start that age group. Well, he's to finish it, I suppose. He's got to finish it. Yep. So no one's ever done it before. I don't believe so. We had a few what, last year. Was it? There's an old guy who did the marathon. 100 year, first 100 year old to do a really? marathon. Yeah, yeah. Oh. An Indian guy. Admittedly, he did like walk, pretty slow walk. Yeah, yeah. But pretty phenomenal. I wonder how long it's going to be before we see an 100 year old Ironman. Obviously, it's 15 <laughs> years away at least. But, but, you know, when we look at how much longer we're living, mm. you know, in our lifetime, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it. Is it a 100 year old do an Ironman? Lou, 15 years to go. 85. That's, yeah. it's just hard to comprehend, isn't it? That's oh, ridiculous. You know, like, you know, what, what, how old are you? You're 38? Yep. Yeah, I'm 37, so I'm just a little bit younger. Yeah, yeah. Just putting that there. Shane, you don't look it. <laughs> I, I got told to, I could, uh, you know, I get, I get whacked, my, my waxing and stuff. I don't Where do like, you get waxed? My legs and Yeah, you don't get shaved. You've got to get waxed. You wax, you wax. The amount of hair you've got. I don't wax them. I go to get them waxed. How much does that cost you? Oh, it's about 40 bucks. 40 bucks? Yeah, but How often do you do that? Uh, every sort of seven or eight weeks. Maybe. Wow. I was I was getting my sexy outfit on last night. People go, "How often do you shave your legs?" Don't shave them. <laughs> so, um, but Belinda I get my eyebrows done at the same time when I'm in there. You know, the beautician. Your eyebrows are right. No, they they get a lot of little blonde hairs in them. So, you know, it's, it's a bridge too there's far. A, there's a line. There's you don't have the monobrow. Sorry, no, I don't have the monobrow. I just get lots of. I do notice that is an aging thing because I'm noticing you'll just start to see an eyebrow and your, and your mm. sight. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely. When I start looking like Philip Sherry, I'll be uh, concerned. Philip Sherry, no, he was the old newsreader, yeah, wasn't he? Sherry from New Zealand. Yeah, he had big eyebrows, did he? He had ginormous but what's eyebrows. happening in females' fashion now is they like the big eyebrows. Oh, really? Yeah. So wait a second. While you're talking, I'm going to put up this supermodel. Supermodel with big eyebrows. That's what I'm going to put. Supermodel with big eyebrows. Big Eye, here we go, eyebrows. Here we go. Look at this. Even Google, even yours, going to ask it. Uh, eye, eyebrows. Okay, here we go. What's her name? Her name is. Look at this girl. Those are big, dark, Those are big, dark big eyebrows. eyebrows, man. And she's apparently the shit right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, so girls are actually fluffing their eyebrows up. Oh, and going dark as well. Yeah, dark. Mm. It's hard work being a girl. Her name is Clara. Clara? Clara? Yeah, God knows. Athletes.com. <laughs> Sponsor. So we were talking Timo Brach, took it out in Challenge Road. Yes. In 30th edition. But I thought, I wonder who is our first Athletes finisher there. Yes, they go sub nine. Try to guess what time they went. Well, I'm thinking it must have been close to sub nine then. It was sub nine. Um, 
59 22 Ooh, happy 45 year old Arnold Silikov took out his age group finished one place behind Robin Reed is Kiwi Robin Reed yeah finished in front of Yvonne Van Vlerken if we click on old Arnold we can sort of see what else he's done around the world he's from Singapore done nine iron distance races personal best was and wrote 8.59.22 and if we look at you know where, what other iron distance races he's done yeah astounding race there because he went into Ironman Austria 928 we know austria not quite course accuracy no, no. Um, that we see elsewhere also went did um hawaii last year and hawaii last year was a very fast race uh, it was good conditions when 943 and the year before 2012 when he went to hawaii 933 so that's a big gain that 859 22 and he was in the, yeah, he's 45 so we were talking Matt Brick. You know, listened up to our Legends of Triathlon podcast. Yeah, we've had some great feedback on that one. So guys, check it out over your holiday break. Yeah. So and Matt Brick was the first Southern Hemisphere athlete to go to go sub nine in the Southern Hemisphere for a forty-year-old. And here we've got a forty-five-year-old going eight fifty-nine twenty-two. I'll be pretty happy if I can go eight fifty-nine when I'm uh, so. What the oldest athlete is to have gone nine hours? That's sub-nine. a good question. Yeah, it'd be hard to figure out, but it would be. Fascinating. So that's a great thing about athletics. You can go on here and go course differences. You know what what, what sort of times are these guys doing. And you know if you're going nine thirty at New Zealand, could you expect to go close to, to nine hours in in rote? And the answer is, if you're Arnold Sulik, Arnold Sulikov, then you certainly can. Maybe it's at, you know training in Singapore, and then on the girls' side of things, our first athletics finisher. Da, 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 just loading up. Yes. Melinda Carfrey took it out from yes. Rachel Joyce by four minutes. And then if we scroll down, Marion Helbding, also 45. Nice work. Won her age group. Went 10. Was it first overall in Athens? Wow, that's great. Went uh, 10 14. So we'll see where else, what else she's, she's done. Or oh, she's, she's German. Might not be a listener of the show in that case. She's done three Ironman races, 10.08, so it wasn't her best. 45, though. 10.14. Pretty solid. And she's been sub three hours for a marathon. 2.59.06. How fast do you reckon you'll be going at 45? Because you'll probably do another race about then. Yeah, probably will. Um, oh, I don't know. And, and wrote. <laughs> I'd be disappointed if I couldn't go under 9.10. 9.10. I'd, I'd like to think I could still knock on the door. of If I did the same sort of training that I did for... This for year. um for this year, if I gave myself a good, no, you have more time 18, then. You might do. Because wait a second, how old are you now? No, the kids might be into sports now. Seven years. Thomas uh, will be fourteen. Yeah. Might no, be. but they want to hang out for you anymore. Yeah. And go training with me. Good dad, bugger off. Yeah. If I gave myself two years and I trained the same as I did like that, I reckon I'd be close to nine hour shape. I think I'd be struggling for sub ten. Yeah. I think if I, you know, although if I, I do think to myself, once I give up group fit, I might get back into triathlon. Jesus, girls wins everything. Does she? Yeah, she's won the European Championships in Wiesbaden. She's she a winner, a John. She's challenge. a winner. She won, won Challenge Krachkow. She went the year before. She went second in her age group in Kona. Goodness me. So go go check these. You know, that's the thing about athletics. You can go in there and you can see who's the top top kahuna in your age group and you can go and see you know what their splits are for all the different distances. You go sub three for a marathon, 126 for a half, and you can sort of see the standard you need to get to in order to, to be at the top of your age group. Or 
if you're pitching for the middle, same sort of deal. You can go through and go, right, I want to be in the top 50th percentile in my age group. Go and sort of see what people are doing. And it's a hell of a lot quicker than looking through about 10 different bloody Ironman results. You've got everything in one place, athlinks.com. Good times. Okay, guys, discussion of the week. So last week's discussion of the week was we're at the end of the year, so we have two questions for this week. Uh, what has been your athletic highlight this year and what has been the best pro performance of the year? I'm going to start off with Eddie Farrell. And he's Good got old Eddie. doing Epic Camp. It yeah. became light and realizing that after some setbacks, I could continue to improve and do the sport I love. Amazing the confidence and endurance one week can give you. Pro, Lionel Sanders, crushing Ironman Florida and Rennie's run at Kona. And Eddie was the guy that you interviewed, the Big Eddie. Yeah, uh, oh, it's so good a photo. Let me have a look at the photo. Yeah. He was a nice guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a unit. <laughs> he's a unit. I would have missed him. But he's not like, he's not, <clears throat> not as in like an overweight unit. He's just, he's like a football player, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, unit. Melissa Uri being age group of the week after finishing Ultraman Canada earlier this year and the women's race in Kona, Rennie, Reef and Joyce put on an amazing performance. Okay, who'd you go then? Uh, I went to Melissa Uri. Okay, we'll go Emma Hill because we've got a lot of time. Uh, finishing Ironman Wales after a DNF in Frankfurt earlier in the year. Most proud that I managed to finish the brutal swim and crazy heli bike course. Best pro performance is uh, Corrine Abrahams in Frankfurt, mainly because she's so lovely and she was super friendly in the hotel where we were both staying. She was nice. We met yeah. her in Kona. Yeah. Adrian O'Brien also said being age group of the week after finishing Ironman UK with 72 hours notice. Best pro performance has to be Rennie's run. Christine McKinley's got a uh, personal athletic highlight. Nailing the mental game in Ironman has taken me seven Ironmans to get there. Pro performance, Rennie and Rote. She has proven to be on her game in Kona, but not in other iron distance races at different times of the year. And then still backed it up with an awesome Kona. Yes, yeah, she was another example of Kona. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. So this year, your, your, your theory, while traditionally it's been proven correct. It's out the window. I'm going to have to dispute it from here on Tryman Jack competing three Ironmans in one year in pretty good times and Sebi's performance at Kona was unreal. He dominated the dojo and never looked like losing. Uh, Dave Levy's got meeting Coach Jonah at the Honu 70.3. Coach John, not Coach Jonah. Oh, it's because you look like Jonah Lomu. Yeah. And when I see those guns next to me, I'm like, oh, Jonah's in the room. I do have some issues in my way at the moment, but no need to, <laughs> no need to kick it, no need to... Highlight it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I think it's your own insecurities. <laughs> I coached John at the Honey 70.3 World Championship uh, ceremony. Sorry. Uh, performance of the year, Rennie's Marathon in Kona. Francesca Stafford. Athletic highlight would have to be the steps taken by the Challenge family to ensure the pros get a good return and recognition for their efforts. The newly announced trilogy of events in the Middle East are set to revolutionise the sport. Pro performance would be seeing the professional women lift their game across the board from ITU to Ironman racing. It has never been so exciting to watch the women perform, but if I had to pick just one moment, it would be Nicola Spirig's casual training day when she dominated Ironman Cozumel. Ricardo Cortellino uh, doing the Victoria Spain Iron Distance Race in tw- uh, sorry 10.24 while losing 7 seconds to his brother oh oh that's got to hurt because brotherly love yeah you know when it comes to racing uh, car free coming for Hein for the win and Kona was his favourite Stuart Martin Lawrence got an interesting highlight here making the right decision and returning home from Ironman Austria to be with my son who broke his leg best pro performance Jodie Stimpson's overall season which was ITU stuff which is absolutely fine also the emergence of the Uplace pro team all their athletes had an amazing performances 
Yeah, Brett Chan's got our first Ironman completed at Ironman Canada. Uh, Brett McNaughton's debut 7.55, uh, although I'm biased because he's from my hometown. Seriously, Rennie's run is there, no doubt. Yeah, and I think that was a fairly consistent theme across a lot of these was uh, a lot of the highlights were Rennie's run. Rennie's run. It yeah. was pretty sensational, 2.50. Tim Swanson's got first Boston. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good nice. old Tony Hodge finishing Kona. Best day ever, even full stop after each of those words. Yeah. Uh, Lucy Francis, do you do her? No. Completing in Kona for the first time. Yeah. Adrian Bryan being Adrian of the Week. Have you done that? I've done that. Susan Langley. You shouldn't do them all. Yeah, well, well, it was only 19. We must have just given the highlights. Okay. Susan Langley. She had uh, Daniela Reefs. Um, oh, no, she doesn't have her own. Uh, Andre, Andre. Oh, no. Arnold. He's the guy who won the... Didn't he win the wetsuit challenge? All right, he was the guy we were just talking about uh, as the first athletes finisher. Oh, there so, you go. There you go. Going sub nine, winning his age by 14 minutes, and challenge wrote three weeks after failing to have the race I was dreaming of at Ironman Austria. There you go. There you go. And first, 19th Spirig, overall. Yeah, Nicholas Berg winning Ironman Cosmel after winning gold in London, giving birth and doing a marathon season for fun. True great hero. Have you done Sean Smith? No. Okay, my highlight would be doing my first Ironman and surprising myself by not uh, about a few a few doubters out there with my finish at high time. So well done. And then Olivia McLean. McLaren, have you done that? Or Oliver? Oh, what did I get Olivia? Because I can't read. Yeah. Uh, Oliver McLaren uh, winning a try for the first time. Now, that is pretty cool. The North oh, Canterbury Sprint Try. Oh, nice. That is a prestigious title. Oh, he's not a tiny race, but he still won it. Hey, it is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yep. no, I agree. Uh, have you done Francesca? Yes. Have you done Tony? No. Lipping over the finish line for fifth overall in the Outlaw Iron Distance Triathlon and continuing to rise, or the continuing rise of Swallow. Uh, Martin Stewart-Lawrence, you did him, didn't you? Yeah. Adam? No. Adam running a 2.53 at the Gold Coast Marathon in July back after being sick at Port Macquarie Ironman and putting a subpar performance. And Josh, did you do Josh? No. Recovering from two knee surgeries and getting back on the bike again. That's, that's impressive. Nice. Okay, Jonbo, so this week's discussion is we are going to have a few weeks off, so what we want to do is what have been, what do you think we would, you could do to make triathlon, wait a second, what do you, what you will do to make yourself a better triathlete in 2015? So what are you going to do to improve? Mm. You got any highlights though? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, you go first. Okay. It's a big year for you. Yeah. From uh, an observing point of view, I think probably one of my highlights was uh, Andrea Hewitt and Nikki Samuels going second and third at the World Championships and trying to bust it bust it out on the bike there. So it was probably females. But I could, then also Rennie's run was, was pretty spectacular. So the kind of performances this year were pretty awesome. Yeah. But from a Kiwi perspective, I think seeing those two girls lift our – triathlon program back slightly on track was uh, was awesome to see although slightly concerning because they're two of the older girls yes <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that's still good to see and kind of was not a highlight for me probably epic camp canada was my big athletic highlight for the year what was your auckland Riding race through? this year auckland was great for a period so i think the thing with auckland for me was your best race was actually the auckland Olympic, Olympic distance, distance, which was last year, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, the year before. Yeah. But Auckland was fantastic fun until the pack caught me on the bike. You know, when, you know when I, you know, when I was, when I was, I was uh, in the lead on the bike, I was going right. Pretty sure I'm on control. Was spanking away by myself, just riding solo, riding through a um, bunch of waves in front of me, looking at my power, going, "This is bang on where I want to be." Until the pack caught me at about 60 k's, and then I got swamped. And, about, and then I was back in the lead on the run, thinking, "This is sweet." Cruising along until about uh, 13k's in when the wheels fell off, and by 15k's, uh, a little pod caught me, I think, at the 15k mark, and then I 
disintegrated. Good old Paul, eh? Took it out. He's been yeah. the he's been the, the 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 enemy of the year, hasn't he? Yeah, but then the the sprint finish in Taupo was uh, was pretty unique for me. Yeah, definitely. What have been the highlights outside of triathlon for you this year? Uh, just family stuff. Kids yeah. seeing the kids doing bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, player of the days and oh, cool. Are you, oh, you coach the team? Yep, soccer team. Um, but yeah, just doing good doing in the kitchen, stuff, doing stuff with the kids. Yep, not quite finished yet. <laughs> Still not quite. No, finished. well, you know, Christmas time. Yeah, you screwed now. Doing anything? You're not going to get done to twenty six. So yeah, no, just kitty kitty sort of stuff. Nothing, nothing overly interesting. Because there hasn't been a big athletic year for me this year because of kind of just hasn't been the focus of my year. Uh, athletically, body attack eighty seven. <laughs> was a great release. Eighty seven, loved it. I was pretty happy with that one. Um, I actually, I have been thinking about this. I do want to do some athletic goals next year. I'm going to try again. Maybe I'm not quite sure exactly what they're going to be at this stage, but I want to get my body kind of in a good place and actually get in and do some good kind of goals again. Probably not to the level I tried to achieve in the past, but just get out there and participate and have mm-hmm. some good fun. Um, Anything interesting from Kona other than obviously Rennie and Rennie and uh, Keen Lay? Um, yeah, I'm always happy with our work. I think we do a good job over mm-hmm. there. I think you know our Kona coverage is pretty, pretty thorough. Um, any highlights from Kona? The thing is for me, is I don't really get to see much of the race once the run mm-hmm. starts. Mm-hmm. So you kind of after Lava Java, but I kind of just go sit mm-hmm. behind the finish line. So for me, it's actually, you know, it's 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 an interesting day. Um, I think Reef has to be given a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. You know, first time there. Mm. You know, and, and there was moments where we thought she had it. You know, mm. and, and sure, it took a pretty spectacular performance for her not to win it. So, mm. um, you know, far out, she's she's someone to look out for. Mm. You know, so that's probably for that. Outside of uh, outside of Kona, outside of the sport, my highlights. I've had a book come out. Yep. And if you want to do some holiday reading, uh, go yep. to Amazon, download it from there. Um, and my band, uh, you know, my goal this year was to join a band. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of been pretty exciting for me. Um, just a lovely time with friends and family, John. There you go. It's just a lovely time with friends okay. and family. Kona trip was awesome. Cool. Maui. Yeah. You know what? Highly recommend anyone goes there. It was a beautiful, beautiful place. So now get on Facebook, people, and put your highlights up there for what you're going to do to make yourself a better athlete. We really have panned it out. We've done it now. Yeah. We've panned it out. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's put some music on. Age group of the week. That was my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. I pointed the finger before I did my breath. Normally yes. I do the breath, then point. So yeah. I am sorry. Sorry, amateur hour over here. So age group of the week. So I got an email through from Phil Brotherton, and he's got. I'm a listener from California. I just did my first long course Ironman last month and listened to your podcast during the long rides. I think my wife is a great example of an age group of the week. She went way, way over the top supporting me, getting me ready for the race. But the real story goes through almost 30 years of awesomeness. You can see her triathlon results on Athlinks. Have you pulled that up, Jumbo? I will do that right now. Uh, kick ass on the bike leg, but struggles a little with the run. You can see the story of how tr- uh, awesome she is in Bob Babbitt's column in the tw- 14, or sorry, the August 2014 edition of Triathlete Magazine. My bottom line is that uh, Diane, it's his age group of decades, but I really think you should only give her one week. 
so then I think I went back to him and said, give me some more information. He goes, uh, thanks for writing. Uh, thanks for writing. I should have sent you the scan, the article from Triathlete, but I couldn't figure out how to do that before. So he sent it through and I've read it. I'll talk about that in a second. Should work fine now. So blah, 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 blah. Attached a picture of Michael, our son, and me at the end of Ironman Canada last month. She's not racing much now, but she's super fit and motivated like always. Outside of her mum job, really hard, LMO. What's LMO mean? Uh, in my opinion, probably. Okay. I might, yep. Uh, much worse than Ironman training, at least with our teen- teenage boys. She teaches I am HO. Then you got to go, in my humble opinion... Which ones laugh your ass off? Is it, isn't that one of them? Don't know. Oh, I'm not young. Oh. You're not with it. No, I'm really not. She teaches exercise classes. Oh, what a oh, great job. Sorry, Legend. sorry, I missed that part. Sorry, a, a, I'll find another age group now. An important person in her community uh, at local companies and our local community centre. Step, spin, weights and that kind of thing. On all fronts, retired triathlete, hot mum, cool instructor, giving back to our community and supporting my run at the full iron distance. Diane definitely deserves consideration for IM Talk Age Group of the Week. Now, then he sent through an article that was on... Um, with, uh, what Bob was Babbitt? it? Yeah, Bob Babbitt. And uh, so the story was kind of about. Wait a second, let me pull it up again because I've got to recap as I'm talking here. But basically, I think it was kind of more about Phil. Um, wait a second, the, ama- the amazing Phil. The amazing Phil Brotherton. It's a good name. He's mm-hmm. the Brotherton of the land. Um, here we go. Here it is right now. So Bob Babbitt wrote this article, but what one of the funny things about the article was good old Phil proposed to his wife back in the 80s. He did mm-hmm. 80, I think he did train to do Ironman like in the 80s and then trained to be, you know, women's sports kind of guy. I think a sports physiologist or something like that. But um, bought her a wedding ring, 1000 bucks. Same mm-hmm. week, bought a bike, 1500 Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So this year when he wanted to do, I think he was doing Kona, when he wanted to do some kind of IMM, uh, he had to buy a new bike. But he wasn't silly. He bought himself a new Cervelo. But what did he do, John? He bought another ring as bought well. Bought another ring and a necklace. Oh, my god. So goodness. he splashed out big time. And, he, and also she, what she did, which was really impressive, was she actually managed to hook up a dinner with Mark Allen. Oh, wow. Yeah. God knows how she did that. Yeah. But um, so she really delivered. She sounds like a pretty good wife. So Diane Brotherton. You are out. For, for, for being... Athlete of the decade, according to your husband, yes, and his number one supporter, getting him through this year. You are our age group of the week. week. Good work. Okay, John, statistic. I'm not gonna put music on. Statistic. It's fantastic. Wait, what we should do for statistic is we should do robot voices. Statistic. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Statistic. It's fantastic. Oh, back it up. Let's do it again. Statistic. Oh wait, I'll count you down. Three, two, one. Statistic. It's fantastic. Oh, you didn't come through that time. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> I can't deny it. Uh, okay, where are you taking me this week? Right. I was thinking the other day. I wonder what that sound yes. was. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> uh, Iron Man. First Iron Man. 1978. February the 18th, I think. Yes. Yes. Just knew yeah, that. Just knew that. <laughs> yep. I was wondering how many people were in it and how many people finished. Oh. And that's this week's stat. 
you had 15 competitors, including John Collins, who came to the shores of Waikiki to take on the first ever Iron Man Challenge. Now, for those who don't know the story, although I'm sure most of you do, the whole idea was John Collins was a local army dude, mm-hmm. and uh, the three local races were a swim, I can't remember what it was Waikiki Rough Water Swim. And then the cycle race. around Basically around you know, the island. And then the marathon. Yes. And he said, if you could do all of those in one day, I'd call you an Iron Man. Mm. And he even made trophies, didn't he? He did. He had a little Iron Man. Yep. So out of those 15, 12 finished, and Gordon Haller was first. So that was my main stat. 15 starters, 12 finishes, Gordon Haller first. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. Well, oh, it was 24 hours, didn't they? I don't have, don't have that. That's not part of my statistic. Repertoire. Bob Babbitt on, on computer to radio had an interview with one of the guys who was like the son of the organiser or something like that. Right. I remember listening to it years ago. The guy stopped at McDonald's, mm. had some lunch. Mm. <laughs> like it was, it was, it was pretty low key. It's yeah. a bit different to what it is now. It is. I don't think many people are stopping at McDonald's. Could do. You run past. Do you run? You do. Yeah, you do run past. Yeah, that's probably the worst only, McDonald's in America. Just. Yeah. Yeah. No, you do. Yeah. So it's statistics. So of the 15, 12 finished, which is actually pretty good. High percentage, right? Yeah. Although there wasn't a cutoff. Yeah, no, I don't. Didn't, didn't do that as part of my research. No. John's rant. John's rant. Right. It's a, it's a bit of a weak one, but this week they it's got some positives and negatives. This week um, we... It's not going to be swimming with our fins. No, no snorkels. Yeah, snorkels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so Ironman I have introduced for the Asia-Pacific area a 70.3 season pass. Oh, what does that mean? So the, the good thing, the good part of it is if you do want to race multiple times, then you get a discounted entry fee. So if you want to do three races, then... Yeah, which was 70.3, you're going to go, yeah, well, I'll do more yeah. of those than I would Ironman. Possibly not if you're a Kiwi because there's only one race in New Zealand. Okay. But if you're in Australia, or and, and this is a, an Asia-Pacific thing, you go... That's good. Yeah. You might you might it's, go over to Gold Coast as a holiday with the family yeah. and then do so. So anyway, you say okay, that's that's good marketing. You know, yeah. it's good. You yeah. entice people onto the field. How much cheaper is it? That. Um, you end up. I think if you do four races, you end up saving like eighty bucks a race or something. Okay. So yeah, with you go, that's marketing. That's fine. What annoys me oh, about this though is then they start diluting the world championships. So yep, you get your cash. So you join a club, loyalty, cash, discount, that's great. But then what they do, they say, and because you do that, there's going to be 100 additional qualifying slots up for grabs for the 70.3 um, World Championships. For these people only? For these people only. So you buy uh, a season's pass and you go, oh, and here you get to go to the 70.3. It's a World Championship. Get the best athletes. Don't just dangle in John, front of the people that are going to pay more money. Are the World Championships a World Championship for age groupers or is it a profit revenue driven thing? It's both. So you want it to be a championship race, but you want to make as much money out of that championship race as you can. But a championship race is a championship people race. Would sell it anyway, wouldn't it? Well, in America it does. Well, yes and no. You know, Kona, yes. Yes, but for <laughs> for qualifying for, say, 70.3 Worlds, a lot of races, well, no, no, the races that I've been to, they're, they're more or less giving away the slots to anybody within that age group. So it just, it just weakens... Having a world championship field when you're just dishing the slots out willy nilly. That's what I'm saying. But but then the argument against what what you're saying here is don't that argue if with they me. can't. Oh, sorry, <laughs> you are ranting. I should know better. Don't don't want you to beat me up again, um, Jonah. Um, <laughs> the argument is that this isn't even appealing if you know you can go to a race anyway. Get them for, anyway. Yeah. You know, if you go to your if first seventy point three and you go to a roll down, you realise the guy who got fiftieth got a world championship spot. Yeah. Well, it's not. This isn't a motivator. This whole system's like if it was Kona, 
Yeah, and you said, "Oh, I'd be rant. I would be seriously, yeah, ranting, be seriously then. ranting then because there's limited slots." But so it's kind of a bit pointless, really, isn't it? Yeah, bit of a waste. But my rant's not pointless. Oh no, the rant wasn't the best. Yeah. When it comes to your rants, yeah. if we're going to rank your rants, this is number one. <laughs> I don't know what this has been your best rant. The, 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 snorkel, going, the snorkel was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, going angry at somebody in Auckland when you actually yelled at them. Oh, I can't remember that. You were a spectator, and there was someone who kept yelling. Oh, yeah, when that guy <laughs> tried to say that Jonathan Brownlee was on drugs. Yeah. So yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah, that was a good rant. That yeah. was, I did enjoy that one. Because that was actually... That's as close as I've come to fisticuffs since high school. <laughs> did you come to fights at high school? No, not really, but you know. <laughs> we, uh, no, I, did, I mean... I but, once had... Well, I'm, not, I'm not a fighter. I won no, fight. No, Jamie no. Austin. I think I won it. Pretty mm. sure I won it. He walked away. Anyway, Jamie Austin, you went downtown. Damn. Did you ever fight? I if you didn't go downtown. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you ever did you punch up? Uh, not really. No. no. I hate fighting. Anyway, we've, we've been ranting. That's my rant for the week. They're just diluting, qualifying for 70.3. It's already diluted and they're diluting it even further by just dishing How do they make 70.3 more appealing to age groupers is probably a better question. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, mm. how does how does 70.3 world champs become a Kona? Yeah. If I had the answers, I don't, I don't have them. It's a tricky one. I mean, it's 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 yeah. uh, again for for ITU they have a similar. I know it's not really a problem, but you know they can give out each country can give out twenty age group slots. So a country like America, that's you know, somewhat challenging. Well, a country in New Zealand, you know, sometimes might only be twenty in the, in the twenty for each age group. Yeah, oh. that's sprint and Olympic. So I could almost turn up today and get one. Yeah, would I be able to? Yeah, absolutely guarantee it. Oh man, I should do yeah. that. The world champs, where are the world champs next year? Oh, they just announced the next couple of years. One year is going to be in, uh, in I think, 2017, I think, is in Holland. In 2016, can't remember. Can't remember. What's Gold Coast? Gold Coast is going to put three World Champs next year, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Don't get me started on that. Flat what? course. Was it? Flat course. Oh, it should have been your rant. I've, I think I've done that one already. Oh, okay. Ex- Sponsor. Extreme Endurance. John, it's your electric buffer. Oh, it is, and it's just, uh, and the thing that I was going to talk about today is execute, and it just tastes good. There's nothing like a chocolate milkshake. Just like chocolate milkshake, only crunchy. And the, but it's not crunchy, that's no, chocolate, not crunchy, no. <laughs> uh, So get yourself some uh, <laughs> extreme execute protein recovery drink. Kickstart your training with extreme execute. Lactate to fuel your muscles, protein to rebuild and protect against John, muscle breakdown. It's providing superior bioavailability. I know. Wow. 20 grams of protein. But lactate. Yeah, but lactate. Lowers exercise-induced body acid, your H+. Creates muscle recovery and repair. Provides continuing energy source. Decreased muscle burn. And it's got some vitamins in there. B6, B12, vitamin D and electrolytes. And the last bullet point. I love bullet points on the website. Great taste. Great taste, John. It is great taste. So get yourself on it, thirty five ninety five for a little container. The pictures they've got a container, but now comes in a little um, Ziploc bag for convenience. So check it out and get yourself, uh, especially if you're doing, you know, lots of running over. If you guys are focusing maybe on a winter run block or something like that, when that jarring is a bit more intense than say Ironman training, and maybe you're doing some five k races and the intensity is even higher. Breaking down your muscles, um, all this sort of stuff is going to help you out. So check it out, xendurance.com. You know what's really good? For someone like you who's eating too much right now and putting on the pants. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the cheer. <laughs> I didn't even recognize you when you walked in today. Yeah. 
this could be your treat in your day, couldn't it? Because you come in from a training session, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want a bit of protein post-race, post-training, yeah. so you got that in. You can have your execute, put a you know banana or something in there as yep. well, banana Definitely. chocolate. Love it. And then, uh, you know, you feel you're having your kind of, your, your taste treat for the day, but it's mm-hmm. actually, uh, you know, a pretty healthy choice. One thing I've got to do to make that happen, though, I've got to make sure I train. Yeah, that, that is important. <laughs> have you not even been training? No, I've been doing, but I try to do one thing a day. I, lo- I find it so fascinating. Before Kona... You're focused, weren't you? Mm. Legend, and yep. you go out and do hours and hours. Mm. You come out of these focus periods. Suddenly, I jump out for an hour run. Yeah, becomes the hardest thing ever. I still love training. It's yeah. just you don't have that carrot, eh? Hey? Uh, and you can all people. What my one thing about 2015? If people can stop using the busy badge, I hate, what's the busy badge, John? I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. It's like, well, yeah, just frustrates me. You're Is that what you hear from people? Yeah, how are you doing? Busy. How you doing? Busy. How you doing? Busy. Don't, don't ask me how I'm doing. How you doing, baby? Busy. Yeah. <laughs> Just get rid of the busy badge. I'm not that busy. Um, anyway, uh, everybody's busy. It, you just uh, got to sort the bit before. But are you? Are you? How much time are you spending on Facebook every day, yeah, team? Yeah. How much time are you spending watching TV every night? Yeah, how busy right. are you? Yeah. I remember with John Bowie for eight years of my life, I didn't have a TV. Yeah. Do you know what you realise when you get rid of your TV? Yeah. yeah you're not that busy. Yeah. You have a lot more spare time in your life when you get rid of your yeah, TV. Totally. Really, I've got a TV again now, but when I didn't, it was like, seriously, I gained two hours in my so, day. So I guess my point was before, you know, my workload was the same and I was managed to fit all the training in. Yeah. And it's just, a, you just prioritise. I was prioritising training, whereas now, Doing the same amount of workload, but I'm just not prioritizing training. Still doing a bit. But yeah, but you're also giving a bit back to the family. Yeah, exactly. You're reinvesting. Mm. Emotional bank account, John. You're exactly. putting those credits in. So, put your credits into Extreme Endurance. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Well done. Xendurance.com. Questions and answers. Okay, well, we've got last week on the show, I was saying how. Um, that uh, you know, Matt Brick was the you know the reason the urban myth of the Brick session, mm-hmm. and actually mm-hmm. then uh, Jason. Bailey, Bailey from the Nature Gym blogspot.com. He does some really good interviews on there, guys. If you want to mm-hmm. get some geek out on some triathlon interviews, you can check out the Nature Gym blogspot.com. On the subject of the origin of the brick session, the inventor is Mark Sissons, who's in analogy uh, to combine two disciplines in training was Pink Floyd's Brick on the Wall, as in the session is just another brick All in, in the all, wall. it's just the another brick in the wall. Remember once I went to a pub years ago, years and years ago, and uh, and a guy, local pub guy, couldn't didn't look like a guitar player at all, pulled out that lead on that, and absolutely nailed it. I was well impressed. Anyway, that was it. Paul Dudley. Uh, we'll save this one. We'll do this because you'll rant about it for ages for this. So we'll save oh, it. Well, what do you mean? You rant for half the bloody show. You know, I get my moment. What is it? Uh, it's just about all the, the cycling teams dropping riders. and. Oh, I do have, an, I do have a point on Let's yeah. do it. So anyway, oh. so the point is that some of the specialise, isn't it? So allegedly. Allegedly. So even if this isn't true, it's it's it an interesting thing. So talk. Jordan Rapp, he's been one of the specialised athletes. They've been dominating the you know the sponsorship of of the top triathletes. So you know you have Gomez on it, you got Fredino on it, you got Craig Alexander, Mackey, Macca, um, Bevan Doherty, Ben Hoffman, and then the ITU's got got um, got lots of athletes as well. So specialised really went went for broke and not didn't go for broke, but they went hard out. They invested a lot of money. Invested a lot in triathlon, and it sounds like. They're pulling a lot back and dropping a, a lot of their riders. So, Jombo, I've heard a bit of a rumour on this one. And this is a rumour mm. slash rumour. Mm. The rumour is that they actually don't get much of a return on investment on stars. 
and that maybe they're better off just doing teams of well, lesser level, but they actually get more exposure from those people. Well, I think that the U-Place BMC team is a but really good example. Good they've got some good stars. Yeah. So are you, are you talking more age group teams? Or? Well, maybe not only age group, but kind of up-and-comers. Right. You know? That's, that's, I've just heard it through the grapevine. I would have thought, and I was saying this Phil and A last night, how many more people are writing specialised because Craig Alexander's writing specialised? I'm going to say it, it's a lot. There's a lot of people riding specialised bikes is now. Because, but is it because of Craig Alexander or is it because they brought out a great bike? I think it's a combination. Because I mean, that shift absolutely. Was, was, a lot was, of, was revolutionary. Oh, that's what they say. John, if they say it's revolutionary, it must there's be revolutionary. Lots, there's lots of great bikes John, out you there. you always have to believe marketing. Oh, yes. You have to. That's the number one rule in life. You don't. Yes. Unless we say it, and then it's true. But I think, you know what? I think the, the year crow one Kona, the last time we actually just smashed the crap out of it, mm. you have to say he biked so well in those first years using that bike, which must have helped sales. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And you always say the thing about Norman Stadler when he won on the but Kyoto. But you need, you need that guy. You yeah. Need, you need, you know, the guy who just you seems like he's just phenomenal mm. and you can put the bike on him. Mm. So, I don't know. They'll yeah. have all the numbers to back it up, but from, from just from my perspective, I just see so many people ride, more riding specialised in triathlon since they've up their ante in terms of mark, uh, sponsoring a lot more pro athletes. So it's interesting if my 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 rumour is true, it's interesting that they don't see the value from the pros then. And I also, well, I also think it's a bit, when we talked to John Duke, yep, John. Yep, John Duke, and he was saying a lot of it depends on the person who's the top dog at the time. Yeah. So if you've got somebody who's got a real interest in triathlon, who's their top marketing guy at Specialised, more likely to have a lot more people. And yeah. athletics, he used the example of if the top guy is a cross-country runner or a, a, a track runner, then they're going to sponsor a lot more track athletes. Yeah. So there may have been a change there. But I, I kind of think that, I don't know, the triathlon market, people buy a lot of bikes, a lot yeah. more so than I see in road cycling. <laughs> they're replacing them a lot more regularly. Yeah. Uh, I just think gear. it's... It's yeah, and I'm sure you don't have to pay triathletes anywhere near as much as you have to pay top cyclists. So I mean, that, they'll have the numbers, but I would have thought your return on investment, I would have thought, would have been pretty reasonable. So if, if my my slash rumor is true, they mustn't feel that, and they mm. must feel there's better return on investment and in bring up and comers up. It'll be interesting yeah. to see because mm. when you you know what, what where, where do we see these bikes? It's triathlete magazine, it's websites and stuff mm. like that. And it's always the top pro standing next to the bike, isn't mm. it? So then if you don't have the top pro standing next to the bike, so it'll be interesting. Let's say, let's say again, my, my weird theory is right. And then next year they go along with teams and it's just mm. young uppercomers and they promote these teams. And then Keenlay is with a totally new brand. Mm. We'll call it John's Speed Machine. Yeah. It's got a good name. Don't break the news. Oh, sorry, I told man. you. No, sorry. Jeez. <laughs> Me and my big mouth. John's Speed Machine. How many people would be riding Specialized two years later or a year later mm. in comparison to George Speed's machine? Mm. You'd love it if you had a bike named after yourself, wouldn't you? I think the team's uh, approach is really good, though, because you know if we think about the U-Place BMC team, um, they've got a marketing team behind that, and so they're constantly pushing things things out there, whereas if you're sponsoring one athlete, if, they don't have, if they're not active on social media or whatever, then, yeah, you're going to see their bike and races and stuff. When you've got a whole team pumping things out all the time. But in fairness, how many BMC bikes are we seeing in triathlon? Uh, I guarantee there's a hell of a lot more than what there was a few years ago. Okay. 
But if we use the New Zealand side of things, I don't even think they sell in New Zealand. Yeah, so I can't say, I, although it wasn't. I'm, I'm you know, pretty sure they don't sell I can't sell say I was taking a note in Kona, but I can't remember seeing any BMC mm. in Kona. But, but then uh, kind of pointless discussion because I can't yeah. say I take a note. So I think that, that it's just going to be an interesting time to see where things lead for the pro athletes in terms of sponsorship. You know, the shoe companies seem to change every year. We've seen K-Swiss come and go. Um, we've seen um, specialised... So, oh, K-Swiss come is, is come an interesting example because it really proves that maybe triathlon isn't a good investment. Because mm. K-Swiss invested a lot of money in triathlon, Massive. didn't they? Massive. Yeah. You know, and, um, and, and they did it well. Mm. You know, like they, they, they had, the gear was beautiful. Like mm. they really had some really nice design gear. It was really cool. They got the right, you know, they had the, the big names in it. Um, they had a big exposure. You know, you go to Kona, it was a big exposure and stuff like that. They were on all the magazines and obviously it wasn't a very good investment. Mm. So, you know, triathlon's a funny one, isn't it? John, do you want to do the last one? Yep. Uh, so- Skip Slade's got uh, finally a random question with no obligation to answer, but maybe John and you might be able to want to give some insight for Training for a camp, what would you say are the absolute must-haves for a good camp and what are the extra nice touches? Again, no need to answer. Well, we're going to answer yeah. it. Skip, skip, skip oh, bone crusher Slade. Yes. I gave him that one. That's a good one. Because it was after Colin Slade, the uh, All Black, who always seems to get his bones crushed and end up injured. And there was a the racehorse bone crusher. There was, as was, well. Was it the one that came from the... the, the, the Down south? It was, it was a, but didn't it come from the very last place? can't remember. So there's an iconic... No, that was Kiwi. Okay, I'm sure the Aussies claimed it anyway. No, well, no, well, Kiwi. So <clears throat> in the 80s, Melbourne Cup, for those who don't know much about this, it, it's kind of Australasia's biggest racing event of the Stops the, of the nation. It stops <laughs> the nation. But it really does, doesn't it? Yeah. In Australia. And uh, and in the 80s, there was this race course, race horse from New Zealand, which I'm pretty sure was called Kiwi. Yeah, there was one. Definitely called Kiwi. And coming into the last bend of the race, it's in last place mm. and ran one thing. Nice. It's phenomenal. Have you seen it? Can you remember it? Uh, I, remember, it I remember it winning. I pull it up. Good Bone Crusher won as well. You, while you pull it up, I'll go on to, to answer the question. So the question was around camps. What are the must-haves for a good camp and what are the extra nice touches? And in terms of I've just got three things that I think are, are really important from running epic camps and what have you. Uh, one, and, and, and when you ask this question, I am thinking it's more going to be a, a sort of endurance point-to-point camp rather than just being in one place. I think the support vehicle is absolutely key uh, because one thing that really – um, creates tension on camps and people get frustrated is when you have lots of punctures and stuff going on and if everybody's got to wait um, it becomes a real drag if you've got a support vehicle in you know, the vicinity you sort of we tend to have a policy you know somebody might wait with them but the rest of you sort of push on so I think support vehicles key and then the other thing that that vehicle can do as well is set up an aid station every couple of hours because if you're doing big mileage like epic camps you want to make sure you get your nutrition right. And so by having a forced aid station every, you know, 50 to 60K, um, you're always making sure you're reminding yourself to get that nutrition in, which means you can you know, last a lot better through through the camps. So helps a lot for the punctures side of things uh, and then also helps a lot in terms of nutrition. I think the other thing that some people sometimes don't get right is having a really good plan before you go into the camp. So being really well organised, making sure your your meals aren't just ad hoc, sort of off the cuff. You've got a really good meal plan, whether you're doing it yourself or whether you're eating out, so you're getting good nutrition in. Um, and then I think the other key thing to discuss with the people on the camp is making sure it's really clear on what the objectives are. You know, if it's going to be a 
a knowledge-based camp or if it's going to be a training camp, what are the rules of engagement? You know, um, if it's a, if you're just going long, you say, right, it's every man for himself. We've got the support vehicle there. If you puncture, this is how we're going to run it. You either wait or the whole group waits. But just having some communication so it's really clear and everybody knows what they're trying to get out of the camp and so you avoid any tension because when you start to get tired on, if it's, a, say, a week-long camp, things can get a little, you know, a bit of friction later on the camp when you're all frazzled. But if you've got that, that sort of template of the, the rules of engagement, as you might say, then uh, it's nice and clear. And then the final one I'd say for camps is if you're going somewhere you're not super familiar with and if there are lots of turns, for example, when we go to, um, uh, say, go to, to Europe and you come to lots of intersections, the thing that revolutionised it for us is to make sure that everybody on the camp has a, a Garmin and you have a GPS file, everybody just follows that, that course and then it'll give you turn-by-turn turn instructions and just made a massive difference between two of our France camps. One we just had was before GPSs were really common, people getting lost all over the show even though they have maps, as soon as we got everybody on the, the garments, nobody got lost. The, the really nice things to have, um, which is not always practical, is to have a masseuse travelling with you, get a massage every few days, a bike mechanic can be invaluable, and then uh, in your support vehicle, one other thing that's really, really handy is to have some spare wheels in there, and ideally a spare bike, um, because broken spokes can happen fairly regularly if you're going along, so those would be your, uh, your must have, well, really good to have, a support vehicle, Having a good plan with good communication with the athletes and uh, GPS units, nice to have would be masseuse, mechanic, and spare equipment. I would say one other thing um, that John's gone very kind of like the organisational stuff. Here. I think you need some real key personalities. Mm-hmm. You know, you need you need the guy like John who just makes everything work. So if you if you are going to put on a camp, you've got to be someone who's anal of organisation um, because there's just so many factors that can go mm. wrong. It's simple stuff, but you always yeah, just got to put yourself in the position. If you're an athlete on the camp, what would you want? Yeah, because it is there. It is. It is just. It can be, um, just one little hiccup can really throw you off. Mm. And so you need someone who's just super, super organised, and uh, and has a really good system around that. John's John's obviously a bit of a legend. Is you need you need the person, and if you can have someone helping, try to choose someone who's helping who can help manage the the group dynamics. Mm-hmm. You know because. You know, like when you see John in these camps, you know, you're often doing the camp and bloody organising, so you're mm. pretty fazzled. And it's it, while the camps are bloody awesome, they are high-stress places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we're all a bit tired, we can go to a place where we actually, you know, we can get a bit edgy and, you know, and go to a place that can be uncomfortable for lots of people in the group and, and put a bad energy in place. <clears throat> and especially because it kind of, these our sport kind of attracts naturally competitive people. So, you know, stress, competition, all those types of things can be bad. And so you need someone maybe a support person or even yourself, you just need to know how to manage the group energy mm-hmm. and how to be able to dissolve or just, you know, remove issues really quickly and, and help the group dynamic work along really well. And I do think one other thing, and Epic Camp does this really well, is it, it seems what culture are you trying to create within the camp? And it's a really important thing that you really want to identify. Is, it's almost like what are the rules of our camp that are going to help the culture of the camp go through really well? And Epic Camp does have these real kind of set of rules that everyone kind of knows. And when you walk into this environment, it, it really does. We just know that this is how we have to behave. Like I know within my running business, we've always thought, well, what's the culture we want our runners to have and how do they know the first moment they join our group that that's, that, that, that's how they have to act in our world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's about being supportive. It's about, <clears throat> um, you know, 
being there for other people and all those types of things and if you can actually identify what that culture is you want for your camp and and then think of what are the things I do to influence you know if you think about that whole being a choice architect as a choice architect what are the things that I can do to influence that culture so that people know that this is the certain types of behaviors we expect on this camp because if you don't necessarily set those things in place then the camps could I can imagine it could be quite a horrible thing you know, for you know, for some people in particular, yep. you know, because big personalities can just take over. And if that big personality is the type of personality who brings a bad energy, well, then that's going to filter through to everyone else. So just, you and, know, those sometimes things. the best plans go amiss. Yeah. Points competition, I didn't have about three little extra bullet points this year. and Really? Yeah. And, it, and it caused a few, yeah. a few upsets? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's just all those little things. It's, you know, because ultimately you want a well-organized camp that people walk away from you know, ultimately being better people really, isn't it? Hmm. And so, you know, it's not just about the training, it's all those other aspects as well. So Nice. Sponsors Jombo? Athlinks.com. <coughs> uh, social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Galactic buffer. Jombo, I'm gonna put a couple of shows up over the next couple of weeks. I'll do uh, yep. we've got I'll go get Chris interview. Yeah, you. Chris Lieto. Yep. What the interview one? that you did. They'll, they'll be pretty short guys. I might put a fitness behaviour up there. Hopefully we've still got us on here. It should be because you never delete anything, do you? No. Yeah. Uh, maybe sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Off iTunes? Uh, no, no. I think it's on yeah, iTunes. If okay. not, we'll see. So what we'll do over the next couple of weeks, we might just... Um, you know what I may do? I reckon we should put the Jackie Gallagher... Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, we will. Because some of you don't listen to Legends. So what I'll do is for one week, I'll put the Jackie Gallagher, because obviously we lost her this year. It's pretty unfortunate, but her interview was... Was God. actually fantastic, wasn't it? Mm. You know, like we're in pretty lucky with legends. Not all the interviews have been amazing, but a lot of them have been really great. Mm. This month shows a, a good example of that with Matt Brick. Um, Jackie Gallagher's was definitely an interview that was pretty fantastic. So sad that we've lost her this year, but we thought it was a way to, mm. you know, we're both having the same thought there, weren't we? So yep. we'll put that up and then maybe I'll put Chris and one of my fitness behaviors up as another week as well. And then we'll be back in the studios on, so that will be on the week of the 10th, won't it? Oh. So on the what's up? I'm just you're right. Moving things when I'm not trying trying to. Uh, don't doing? worry, just that, nothing, nothing, nothing. Doesn't sound, sound good. Yeah. Um. So we'll be back in the studio on the thirteenth. Yep. Yep. So on the thirteenth, so wherever you're in the world, the thirteenth is we Tuesday New Zealand time. Back to the normal format. Looking forward to 2015. And uh, yeah, Jombo, what's yes. your goss? Uh, I think we've covered covered everything, Bevan. Yeah, but local goss now. Local goss now. What happens for you from here on in? I work till tomorrow, probably lunchtime, and then summer's finally arrived. Pretty bloody happy about yeah, that. Yeah, because it wasn't happening, was it? Cranking in our swimming pool, which is going absolutely great uh, guns now. Having a pool with kids is key, eh? Oh, Felicity's just learned how to, to duck dive down to the bottom and grab things off the bottom, uh, so she's she's pumped about that. You, they're literally in the pool at nine o'clock in the morning, Yeah, and uh, have about three swims during the day, so they're loving that. And... Going away at New Year's, going up to Wellington, just near Wellington, going to Capity Coast, taking all the what's, kids what's on the here? plane, got some friends there. Oh, nice. Fly up for a few days, fly back, go on the train. You haven't been on a, I don't even, you don't even go on trains in New Zealand, but no. apparently we're going to catch you a train. train. Have you been on the one that goes to the coast? No. No, no neither. No. Yeah. And then come cool. back, do a bit of this malarkey for, on the 30th. We have to record a few shows there because I'm away for a couple of weeks. Oh, are you? Yeah. Where are you going? Going to Kaiteri. Jeez, your life's weeks. a holiday. Oh, it's not. Life you're, not not life you're not busy. Life is not a holiday at the moment. <laughs> and no wonder you're not getting your training in. No. And that's about it. What about you? Do you love Christmas Day? Yep, we'll be cranking on Christmas Day. How old is Thomas now? He is seven. 
Got to got, his, got his got the grandparents to get him a cricket set. So oh. We're down playing a bit of cricket on Christmas Day. Nice, liking that. Played <coughs> battleships with him last night. Does he like cricket? He will now. <coughs> I love cricket. Yeah, I love playing backyard cricket with my dad. Mm. We used to play for hours mm. backyard cricket. Mm-hmm. We went to a friend's house every night, bit of barbecue, and their boys. They've got seriously probably the most nicest teenage boy I've ever met in my life. This guy's uh, Kane's his name, and um, he's probably fourteen now, maybe fourteen, mm-hmm. nearly fifteen. Just the coolest kid, you know, like really nice good boy, you know, good looking young man. So he's got the attention of all the girls right now, which I'm sure he's loving. Yeah. Uh, sporty guy, but also quite academic and just a really good kid. And he's a very good softball player. Yeah. And uh, he can pitch 100K now. Good. So I got an old softball mitt. Yeah. Started catching some of his softballs, have to admit. Hurting a little. Crapping my undies, hit my arm once. I was yeah. a bit sore. Yeah. <laughs> Crapping my undies. And, uh, but it was good fun. Nice. Good fun. Um, so then what Christmas Day? So family? Yep. Got my sister and brother-in-law and their kids coming down from Auckland. Oh, nice. And just cranking. Do you split the day? Do you do half I blenders? just go to my parents' place. No, Blim's parents are going up to Kaiteri, so we won't see them. Oh, sweet. And no, just deal, yeah. deal with the indoors. <laughs> nah, they're all right. They're all right. <laughs> nah, they're good. Yep. That's about it. What about you, Bevan? So I finished working about two hours. I've got a client in, uh, at 10 o'clock, and then I'm done for the day, and then I'm taking my daughter shopping. Turn on my Christmas shopping. I'll buy Joe and Tyler. Yeah. And toddlers of an age where you don't really choose anymore. You just go with them and you put, open your wallet and you say, there you go. Although I bought myself the new iPhone, so I think she wants my iPhone. So I think I might say it's, well, it's part of your present. Yeah. Um, and then uh, then tomorrow, Joe's actually, Joe goes down to Queenstown tomorrow. Yeah. So tomorrow she leaves, so I'm just partying all day tomorrow. Crazy. Do you want to come around? I'm having a party here tomorrow night yeah. if you want to come around. Yeah. All nice. nighter. Party people, spray paint on the walls. John was yep. here. Yeah, was name John Speed Machine yep. was here. John Speed Machine was here. Yep. Um, and then uh, Christmas morning. It's I have to admit, it does suck a little bit on Christmas morning being me right now. Yeah, because I wake up and Joe's not here, and and I'm pretty much by myself. Give, give me a call. Come out for a swim. Maybe I'll. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just I'll wake up. I wake up at five. Get up, kids. We'll be out by then. <laughs> um, so I kind of wake up and. A bit sorry for myself, yeah. <laughs> and then I uh, go around to my family's about 10, so I might go for a run Christmas yeah. morning, nice. Um, because I prepare for all the eating that happens on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, then family, and then what we're doing this year is we're doing families of lots of families. So, my family, my sister's partner's brother's family, so there's lots of families we're doing going to the park, a big, lots nice. of families thing, cool. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. And then I fly to Queenstown at about four in the afternoon. Forecast is looking cranky. I'm just going to pull up. Yep, you're going to Queensland. 25, 27, yep. 29. Yeah. It's, it's, something's here, John. Yeah. Something's here. For those people in the world who get more than 30, oh, you just don't know how good it is in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> and then you fly to Queenstown, and often I kind of arrive late afternoon. They were a little bit tired in Joe's family, so it's just barbecue. The welcoming committee. A bit more arrives. eating and, and play some games. Bit yeah. of a, play a bit of a croquet. Yeah. I'm going to get the patonk out on the beach. Oh, patonk. Year. That's what it is. Patonk. Yeah. Not croquet. Patonk. And uh, yep, Joe, Joe, yeah, watch a bit of sport. Nice. And then just eat lots. Christmas Day, you do eat a lot, don't you? Do I? Your your weight problems going to be compounded. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> 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 if we had a video podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. Righty ho. <laughs> Moving on. Hey guys, well, thank you for everything this year. Thank you for a couple of things. First of all, um, buying the book. Yeah, buying the book. Really awesome. It was a kind of a, it was the easiest way we've been able to get Kona ever, mm-hmm. um, which is really really cool. And we we kind of put it out there that maybe we, we want to try to see if you guys want to support the show a little bit more next year, and we'll be talking about that in the new year. Uh, but you know, Kona was obviously a pretty cool experience for us, and it was cool that we got all the good feedback. Do you know mm. we're nearly coming up eight years? Nice. Ten years is going to be nappa. Ten years, man. Mm. We've seen each other every week nearly for ten years. Just a wonderful thing. <laughs> That's the highlight of your week. Yeah. Every week you come around, spend yeah. time with Bev. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so whatever. Uh, so just thank you for everything, all the support. We get lots of great feedback from the show, and uh, we really, really do appreciate this this little thing we do with you guys. Keep, keep firing in age groupers of the week. If you see some random news that you don't think we'll cover... Yep. Flick it through, noteworthy performances, new events, anything that you think is just worth a. Let's finish off with a Christmas song. Let's go and put a Christmas song back on. I did get, I, and I did oh, get my kids to sing some Christmas songs. Yeah, but you said they were crap. They didn't come across that well. They are good little singers, but. Um, Why did they not come across well? It was really yelling at the microphone. Uh, yeah. You need to compose them, John. Mm. You know? Yeah. Here we go. We're going to finish off with a little bit of it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Getting a bit emotional here. John gave me a hug before. Thank <laughs> you, mate. It's going to be another 10 years before you get one of them. <laughs> a little bit long, started rubbing yeah. my back. I got this friend called Mid. She's a real character. And uh, she goes, she'll just go through random people. She's like, can I have a hug? And I'll give her a hug. But she just holds it for too long. Just that yeah. awkward moment. Yeah. Uh, it's the simple things, John. Right, yeah. It's beginning to look. Jeez, you're not getting into my band. <laughs> That's the end of the band. <laughs> hey guys, we'll see you guys in 2015. Have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's. There's going to be a couple of shows of next week. And uh, Merry Christmas. I'm Russ. I'm Minot. Train hard. Train smart. Kick We're not meant to do this, Sean. No. I have to, I have to, get, I have to, I have to fade it out. It's, we've been less than 10 seconds. Be fine. 10 seconds. It's right. Public domain. Here we go. Do 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 do